Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, Paige. Today, we are going to be talking about marriage. Now, Paige is not married yet, but I hear she's got some good questions for me. So this is going to be important. And, I mean, she's at the age that marriage could be around the corner. So we're going to be be talking about marriage today, how to have a happy marriage, which ought to be good. On the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we talk about everything and relate it to self-government principles. No surprise, that's going to be the same today as we go forward. But before we do... I think it would be good for us to talk about an activity that we could do. Now, we've been talking about family activities. Mm -hmm. I think today it'd be good, like, if our topic is marriage, we should maybe do a fun husband or wife date idea. I love that. Okay, so what, you know, when I think of a husband wife date idea, I think of one of my very favorite movies. So my husband and I both love the movie, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Yes, oh, it's one that. of my favorites. I love that movie. Anyway, but do you remember Paige in that movie? He's um, Percy, that's the boy. He's taking Marguerite on like the perfect date, right? Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he's like, oh, I'm sorry for my tardiness, you know? He's like, but I was just looking for a suitable a suitable basket and she's she's like like, a basket exactly and then he had he had been holding up his hat and he (laughs) moved his hat down and he says I thought a picnic (laughs) yeah and then his two servants walk in with this basket that is like I don't know, the size of a couch. (laughs) So over the top. (laughs) Yeah, decorated in flowers and all this. And you can just see her heart, like, melt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because who does not melt over a picnic? Especially if you have a picnic basket. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that. In fact, I remember for my wedding, we got, for one of the gifts for our wedding, we got a picnic basket. In fact, I believe we might have gotten two picnic baskets. We only ended up keeping one. It must have been a hot topic at the, at the or a hot thing to give at the time. Um, they must have been out in the stores like it was the, the thing for romance for the, you know, back in the, the 90s. Anyway, um, I mean, you did get married in springtime, too, so. That's true. So maybe picnic baskets come out of the store in the spring. That's a good point. But I still have that picnic basket. Paige, how many times have we used that? Oh, so many times. And it's always so much fun because we have the cute, colorful plastic dishes, and then we load all the food in the basket, and then we bring a blanket. Oh, it's so fun. It's all matchy-matchy. Okay, so I think a picnic. 
if you're going to have the perfect romantic husband and wife date, it's low cost. I mean, unless you don't already have a basket. But if you've got something around that resembles a basket, you could use it, right? <laughs> um, but it, do, it does make it more fun if you have a basket. It you does. Know, it's better than, like, just throwing your stuff into a Walmart wrinkly plastic bag, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's true. better. Anyway, and, and having real dishes, I mean, that just makes it real you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't even matter what the food is. In fact, as, as unusual, the more unusual, probably the better. My True. husband and I have had some really interesting picnics. <laughs> we have had picnics on the hood of a car. Oh, yes. Where we've been watching airplanes fly by. We have had picnics on the top of a bridge. Fun. That cross over a busy road, just sitting on the ground <laughs> on the top of a bridge. Yes. The people did walk over the bridge and pass by. And they're like, oh, you know, um, we've had picnics in parks, of course. We've had picnics in the mountains. We've had picnics at the beach. We've had, um, where else have we had picnics? We've had picnics in school, uh, at school grounds. We've had, I mean, there's just so many places you could have a picnic, you know, mm-hmm. you could even just do one of those. I mean, if you're the kind that likes to do something really, you know, I don't know. Um, Extravagant. A little bit. Yeah. Well, a little bit more attention seeking, a little bit more like no one does this. Then you could like bring a table and chairs to a Walmart parking lot. Set it up, put cameras on the picnic basket out, and be like, we're going to eat here, because no one ever does, right? Like, this is going to be (laughs) It just depends how silly you are, right? So, Spencer and I are a little bit zany, a little spontaneous. There's a side to us a lot of people don't know. And so... um, Isn't that the truth? We would do that. We like yes. we actually would. We'd be like, yeah, the weirdest place better. Let's you do know, it. better. So <laughs> I know. But then at the same time, we also would really value the private. Nobody's gonna see us. Just super sweet. Found a cute, cozy spot in the woods picnic too. You know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or all by ourselves on the hood of a car picnic. You know that one too. So yeah. Um, we don't sit on our car like we used to back in the old days. So that one's not really one we do <laughs> as okay. much. But anyway, that's okay. Um, so so there you go. There's some ideas for a, a couple husband and wife activities. So that's a good one. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. So let's talk about our topic here. Having a happy marriage. Paige, I think you have something you may want to tell people. Yeah. So you're talking about that corner that we have to go around that kind of happened last night. <laughs> kind of happened last night. I mean, yeah, I got engaged. So. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Paige is engaged to the love of her life, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Spelled with an S instead of a PH. <laughs> of yes. course, because Paige is spelled with a J instead, instead of, of a G. G. Just makes sense. Yeah, so we both have to, to have weird names. 
well, you're both so unique. It's actually really like, true. <laughs> I, I mean, I just love that you found each other because you both are the type of people that could not just have any regular person that there is. You know what I mean? It like, and I'm not saying you're not regular, but it's like you needed someone. You both needed someone who appreciated everything you had to offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we definitely do that for each other. Yeah. It's, in fact, every time I see you guys together, I'm just like, oh, that's <laughs> so perfect. Pretty sure you're more so my, giddy than we are sometimes. I know. My heart's over the moon. I'm like, hey, <laughs> she found the love of her life, and it's like he's perfect. Anyway, and he's so, he already is so into like self-government like I mean he doesn't know everything we've you know learned right, right so far right. Or, or that we know but, but um, I've definitely introduced him <laughs> well yeah but I mean he already knows like he already is really invested in the principle of governing yourself mm-hmm. you know oh, no he really is it, whether that's the term he uses for yeah him. he's a very self-governed man yeah or is self-controlled right yeah and I love that. To me, that that makes me so excited for your future. I mean, we're getting so personal here on the <laughs> podcast, but it, it makes me so excited for your future because to you, self-control is so important mm-hmm. and it's something mm-hmm. you've worked on your whole life. And to me, another person, which says a whole lot about his upbringing, right? Yeah. I mean, he had a really great upbringing, great family. And, um, the fact that to him, you know, one of his top priorities is self-control. That makes me think, wow, you know, that's so good. If both of you are self-controlled in your marriage relationship, and how is this going to translate to how you are as parents one day and everything else? I mean, this is just like, I couldn't handpick a better person. I mean, honestly, not mm-hmm. the parents even get to, but if I could, I'd like <laughs> like that one (laughs) how about him (laughs) (laughs) not that I got to pick but if I did that would I would have picked him so I'm like so excited for you guys (laughs) anyway he's so amazing all right so Paige is getting married Paige is getting married that's so excited the bells are gonna chime yes and uh, we decided that this would be a great podcast for me to give Paige some motherly advice about marriage. Yeah, so Paige has questions prepared. I do not know what they are, okay? <laughs> so this is this is off the cuff, you know, and we're going to just see how it goes. So go ahead, Paige. You are now the interviewer. Yes. Okay, question number one. What is the best way to address a situation that is annoying or tense? Whoa, that is a super good question. Because even though you guys are perfectly matched, that doesn't mean that you still couldn't annoy each other. Right? It's true. Everyone has yeah. little things that they don't like about the other person. Yeah, just no one's perfect. Like, just got engaged and everybody's going to say, Oh, yeah, which way does the toilet paper have to roll? Where do you squeeze the toothpaste tube? You know, like, everybody asks these little things. 
Because those are the little petty things that are mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. annoying. The pet right? peeves. Yeah. You know, like my husband likes to leave his shoes anywhere but in the room. <laughs> They're always somewhere else. You know, it's just the way it is. And so there's always going to be these little things that we do, and you can't make them a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing is you have to decide that what you have to already know what they offer like what do they bring to the table I know you really admire Joseph there's a lot of things about him that you already feel like he brings to the table yeah for your relationship but you so you've got to keep those things really clear because when you're clear on that then where someone leaves their shoes it doesn't really matter you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and so And so then you also have to decide, okay, that's what's important about the person. Any other little thing I find, I'm going to choose to not take it personally, number one. Right. So you have to accept them despite that. But then I think your main question is, yeah, but how do you actually handle it? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that minute, um, I think it's a good idea to establish open communication as a couple. Yeah. So oh, I just you... had a thought. Sorry. Finish your thought. Then I'll say my thought. Okay. Awesome. I think it's important that you establish that open communication, which you and Joseph are also always also really good at, but that you plan ahead. So it would be a really good thing even before you're married, maybe like right before you have a little couple's meeting and you say, okay, so what if we find out that there's something that annoys us? Cause you know, I mean, we've never lived together before. (laughs) (laughs) And, and plus, even if you have lived together, even if somebody had lived together, that still doesn't mean that new things won't surface. I mean, you know, or whatever. I mean, that that's not going to fix stuff. People think that would fix stuff. It doesn't. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, so you say, okay, so what are we what are we going to do if something bothers us, or if there's something we feel like we need to address? And then you make a plan. You say, okay, well, these are the words that we're going to use. And really, what you're going to do is you're going to do that disagree appropriately language. Okay. You know that okay. skill. That skill that's disagreeing appropriately is going to be perfect you're going to say joseph i've got to disagree appropriately with you about something and you're just going to use that term or if you have another term maybe you come up with some other um weird term you know maybe your term is you know i don't know i um maybe you just say something like hey whenever we have a bone to pick we say okay i've got a bone to pick can we talk about it Whatever. Oh, okay, sure. Let's pick the bones. Okay. So then you say, but you still do the words for disagreeing appropriately. Right. I know that, you know, this is where maybe you're in the habit of putting your shoes or, you know, I know that whatever, but would it be okay if we actually found a spot for it? Because that would just really help my anxiety level, which probably is not going to be you because you don't have that kind of anxiety, but, but just in case, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so you plan it ahead of time so that he knows to accept your criticism or your your disagreement and so that you know to accept the disagreement because I think that's the other thing is that the people have to know well when they take the time to talk to me openly about something that is not the time to choose to take offense 
Right. That is the time to listen. Well, and I think it goes the other way around too. Cause like with, when something is annoying or, you know, tense or whatever, I think if you consider annoying, that means you're taking something personal, which is selfish. You're allowing to let some little thing, which usually it's some little thing you're using a lot, usually allowing it to bug you. Yeah, that's true. So sometimes just leave them alone. You know, sometimes it's like, is that worth it? Is putting the forks this direction in the dishwasher <laughs> worth it? Do you know what I mean? Like there's just some things that are not worth it. Right. But then there's, but then there's some things that, you know, might be worth it. If somebody is, you know, getting into something on the computer that they shouldn't or starting not to be open in their communication or, um, you know, just really not helping out in some way that they really should be or whatever for real, then those are things you, you got to talk about them. I mean, you have to be able to talk about everything. That's a perfect first question. That's probably like the doozy question. <laughs> you, said you, had a, you said you had a thought related to it. Oh, that was my thought. That is just selfish on the other person's part if they're going to, you know, find something annoying, usually. Yeah, totally true, which means you got to keep your heart's always in the right place, right? Yeah, well, and, and now I have a follow-up question for that question, Okay. is when something is annoying, how do you maintain a good opinion of your spouse? Because I know I've experienced a lot of ladies will gossip about their husband or say not nice things about their husband or like, oh, he always does this and it just bugs the crap out of me, you know, this, that, and the other. So that's one of their main topics of gossip a lot. Yeah. And you know what? You cannot gossip like that about your spouse. That is the worst thing you could do for your relationship. If you start telling other people bad things about your spouse, those are the worst moments. And I'm not saying that I've never done it. I wish I could say I'm perfect on that, but I notice a difference in my relationship if I've ever done it. I will say my husband, so he had five sisters, he said to me. <laughs> um, so he knows how girls are. Well, I mean, he felt he knew how girls were. Yeah. And so when we were getting married, he said to me, he said, um, he said, I promise you that I will not ever give you anything to talk bad to your friends about. Ooh. And I was like, whoa. And he said, you know, and I, and I thought about that and I thought, I'm not going to ever talk bad to my friends about you. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, honey, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be that girl that talks bad to her friends about her husband. She's like, he's like, well, I know how girls talk, so I just want to <laughs> it's like, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I'm not going to be that girl. That's not, that's not, that's not me. I'm not going to be that. And so we kind of made a promise to each other that he would try to not be that guy. And I would try to not be that girl, that that was going to be our plan, that we were going to be something different for each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, which, um, which, was your, which was your justification for your question, but doesn't really answer your question. So um, now I got to remember if I, <laughs> if I remember the question. Your, the question, the question, question was, how do you maintain a good opinion of your spouse, even when they annoy or bug you? Yeah, I think the thing is you have to decide ahead of time, too. 
So in a way, just like we were talking about, so you like pre-teach say, yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the principle you want to be following. All of the teaching self-government principles work in any relationship. Right. Any. And so you absolutely prepare yourself, even give yourself a vision of this is what it's going to be like. Okay. This is what I want it to be like. And so a little annoyances, you just tell yourself when they come along, just let them come, let them go. Everybody's an individual. He or she does not have to be exactly like me. I, I don't have to expect that they will do and say everything like I would. True. Okay. So, anyway, okay, what other questions do you have? Oh, I've got plenty. Okay. How do you maintain love through tough times? So whether those times be spiritual tough times, emotional, economical, stuff like that. Like, how do you maintain that strong love? That's so, that's a really good question too, Paige. Because, um, Because I know, like, if, if people get married times. for the wrong reasons, if it's just for physical, then when those tough times do hit, then things, like, it just all hits the fan. Yeah. And that's the one thing I do love about you and Joseph is your relationship is on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, I mean, you guys obviously think each other is so hot, which is (laughs) great. Okay, I mean, obviously, but that's not the basis of your relationship. No. And, And love that. I love how for both of you, that's the icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. But your relationship is so deep. You guys have, um, you're on the same place, you, you know, you're in the, on the same page spiritually. You're on the same page with so many things socially. You're both really driven. You both want the same or similar things when it comes to family. And I mean, you've already talked about what type of family you want to have and children and how many, and not that you get to plan all of it. God's got his hand in there just so you're aware, but still, you know, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, but I love too, that you would go to the next level and say, okay, when hard times come, because they surely will. It always happens. I don't think a couple can really be refined and truly become who they're supposed to be for themselves and for their children unless they get the opportunity to go through hard times. I always mm-hmm. tell people, I hope you get to have a, a time where you starve. Yeah. You know, well, maybe, not, maybe not fully starve, but where you need food, like, or you need money. I hope every family gets the opportunity to have that hardship. Because you're going to have children and one of them at least is going to have that hardship. And so it's so good for you to know, right? Oh, no, mm-hmm. there is this thing called living off love. It's a real thing, right? <laughs> and um, so, how do, so, so how do you keep your love strong through all of that is your question. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, that little phrase that I just said, living off love, kind of gives you the, gives you the answer. It's really simple. People say it. Um, and it's in songs, you know, living off love, but, um, but you should actually live off that love. Uh, and hopefully it's a love for good things together. Like I know for you, Paige, you always wanted a guy who loved God more than he loved you. 
Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's, that means that both of you are not just going to be loving each other, but you're also going to be loving goodness. You're going to be loving following God together, which is something that's important to you. And so that, though, that's the love right there that holds it all together. And if that love is there, there's nothing you can't weather. You can go through a lost job. You can go through a death. Uh, of a child or each other. I mean, obviously, I have not experienced that one. I mean, except for lots of miscarriages carriages and stuff. But you can go through that kind of stuff because you can keep that forever perspective of it's us and God. And at the end of the day, when all is said and done and we're both dead, it's us and God. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And so... If you keep that perspective, I would say probably one of the hardest crises or struggles that people are going through nowadays is um, a struggle of faith. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one because then you've lost possibly that attachment to God, yeah. which does impact your love for each other. Because usually if a couple, especially if they're religious at the beginning, then that love for God and those principles and those morals, that, that moral foundation, that fabric, um, is really what's one of the big things holding their love for each other together. Because there's mm-hmm. that common ground. And you can lose everything, you know, just like Job in the Bible. You can lose everything. But mm-hmm. if you lose that common ground, that one is the hardest one. That doesn't mean people can't make it through. I know many people who are going through that and trying to make it through that. But then you have to see your relationship, I think, still in a spiritual light. Yeah. Even if your attachment to God is not the same, you still have to realize this relationship is spiritual. This relationship is goes further than just you know the minute Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and I think you have to look at that so yeah that actually reminds me of an experience I had a number of years ago I was with this older couple and they were kind of running things where I was at and the older gentleman walks in the room and he said has anyone seen my girlfriend and we're like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, my girlfriend. And we're like, oh, your wife? He's like, yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> like, oh, she went that way. And then when he came back a little bit later, we're like, why, why did you call her your girlfriend instead of your wife? And he said, well, because, you know, I always treat her like we're still dating. Mm. And you could just see, like, the, almost the innocent, pure love that he still had for her. And I, that's always stuck with me. And I'm like, that is brilliant. Like if I can treat my husband, you know, like I am now, like we're dating, if I can treat him like that for our whole lives, then I think there's like that pure love and that little innocent love, I think will always still be there, you know, still, still date them, still court them, even when you're Mm -hmm. married. Yeah, that's an important one. In fact, it, that is way easier said than done. So sure. that guy, yeah, that guy really had to dedicate himself to her. 
mm-hmm. because I don't think it's possible to continue courting your spouse and dating your spouse in that childlike dating way that you and Joseph are experiencing right now. I don't think it's possible to carry that on unless you maintain dedication to that person. Yeah. Total dedication and loyalty. And I think over time, especially when people have stresses from their job and finances and life and children come along and those are stresses and they're wonderful and the best parts of life that also add add stress, right? And lack of sleep and everything else. And, <laughs> and um, all the things that come along with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but when people get to that place they start thinking a lot about themselves, which is the opposite of being dedicated to the other person. Mm. As soon as you start thinking about yourself and what you're entitled to and how he should help you, then you will lose that for him. Yeah. And so you have to tell yourself, you have to tell your heart and your will, you have to say, I will myself to get out of the bed, to get off of the couch, to get into the kitchen, to get to that laundry room, to go pick him up from his job when he needs it, to what I will myself, no matter what he needs, I will willingly do it. Mm -hmm, mm I love that. And he would have to do the same thing for you. And if you both maintained that your whole married life, there are so many fights you will not have because you won't have the selfishness. It's true. There will so you won't have the moments where you're like, it's always something. Blah 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 blah. Ah, she locked her keys in the car again. <laughs> no, in, no. Instead, you'll just you know you'll call him and say, "Honey, I got pregnant brain and I locked my keys in the car. Can you come help me?" And <laughs> he'll, like, oh yeah. And, and he'll just laugh and he'll be like, "Okay, it's becoming a habit. <laughs> sure, I'll be right over." You know, I mean, like you'll just laugh about it you'll love serving the other person you won't take it personally and you'll just you'll put it first Mm -hmm. you have to put that marriage relationship first at all times even above the children when they come it's true oh I love that because that's one mistake that parents will make um, those children need everything. They're so helpless. And, and literally you're waking up all night for them and you're doing all these different <laughs> things. They're sick and you're at the bedside. And sometimes the wife forgets. I know I've done it myself. Sometimes the wife forgets to put the husband first. Yeah. And because she's putting all these other people first and, and the husband and wife need to always be putting each other first. Mm -hmm. The husband is more likely to put the wife first than the wife is to put the husband first once they have children. That actually makes sense. Because she literally is the life source for those kids. Right. Right. And so she has to put them first too. So then anyway, you'll, you know, (laughs) when you're expecting, we'll have another podcast. (laughs) I love that. talk more about that stuff anyway um yeah what other questions do you have okay I have two that kind of go together okay but yeah here's here's the first part of it so when you see an opportunity for growth in yourself or in your spouse 
whether it be through, you know, an opportunity or a situation. Um, but it could be hard for either one or both of you. How do you handle that? Oh, I mean, I could, I could think of that question going in multiple different directions. That's a good <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, and I've got yeah, a couple more, so though, and we're want, running out of time. So, so just, you, yeah, so you actually want, okay, I'll try to answer it quickly. So, so you want to have growth. Um, oh, of course. Stagnant, stagnant husband-wife relationships are no fun for anybody. So you want to have somebody who's going to grow and who's going to change. And everybody, everybody should want to grow and change. And the whole idea of when you're married is you get to do that together. You get to grow and change together. Yeah. Which okay. Is so awesome. like, here's, here's a example. So Joseph okay. is currently studying biomedical science, which means he okay. could possibly go into medical school, which means a lot of time away from home. And so, right. you know, that's, that's a growing period for him where he's learning a lot about, you know, the medical field, stuff like that. But it's also uh -huh. a time for me where I have to spend time without him. And so right. like, it's definitely a time of growth for both of us, but like, what is the best way to handle something like that? Oh, you've got to have a meeting about it. So, you know, I'm a big fan of couples meetings <laughs> Yeah, and having those, having those regularly. Um, but you have to have a special meeting when you say, okay, we have to be intentional about our relationship. When it's us, it's us. And when it's school, it's school, right? Right. And so when, when you're focusing on school, I'm going to 100% respect that. I'm never going to think that about it because you're doing it for our future. You're doing it for our family. And, mm -hmm. and I will even help work to support you through it and everything else that you're going to do. Right. Um, but you say, but, but we have to be intentional about when we have us time. I think that's the important thing. People who don't plan it out end up having a relationship dearth, mm -hmm. you know, and you, and you need to not have to go through the desert for your relationship. It's not required. You can still maintain a good relationship and support somebody through it. In fact, focusing intentional effort on your relationship is the thing that's going to carry you through any change yeah, and yeah. any growth and stuff. And so I think that's a huge thing is that you say, when is it going to be that we're going to get together? What is going to be our time? Let's call it sacred. Our discussion time each day, even if it's 15 minutes, our, um, our time to, you know, have a date each week, even if it's a, even if it has to be a short one, because everyone's doing work and school and, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe even you'll have children by then because medical school takes a while. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, so there's going to be a lot of things going on in these early years of marriage, but if you can keep your marriage strong through those things, honestly, there's nothing you can't weather. And so I think you focus on making a plan for yourself and then you stick to it, knowing that when you put first things first, everything else turns out better. So that's the other thing. If someone is growing in a certain way, still put the family first, still put God first, and then the school and stuff will improve because there won't be stress about family and home hanging over the, each of you. you know? mm -hmm. I guess that actually answers my next question too, because it kind of ties into that, which is, you know, what's the best way to invite or inspire your spouse 
to help you with your self-improvement. And so I think, like you said, you know, just have a meeting and talk intentionally about it and then make a plan and actually do that plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know we're short on time here, but I have really quick, I just almost want to make just a list. Some of them are things we've already talked about, but but there's one that I feel like, or maybe two that I'd like to add a second to, unless you have more questions, do you? I mean, I do technically have two more that are tied together. I had a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, go ahead then. Okay. We'll do that, and then I'll make my uh, then I'll make my list really fast. Okay. Cool. So, and this kind of loops back to what we were talking about in the beginning a little bit. But um, what if you value something about the other person, but you have a hard time expressing it? So how do you like how do you truly value? what the other person brings to the table. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I mean, obviously the first thing that pops into my mind is you got to praise each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, every person has to praise each other, but I think. Like what if that's even, hard for you? Yeah, I know. Okay. So not everybody, that's a normal thing. Cause it depends how you were raised. And yeah. it dep- like if, if that was a normal thing in your upbringing, I think you know, if they make something, you use it, you eat it, mm-hmm. you, you show that it was good, right? Yeah, um, or that it if, was appreciated. If, yeah, and that it was appreciated. I mean, I think you try to make yourself praise. I mean, that's a self-government thing you can do. You can give yourself an instruction, I'm going to praise more. But there's also some praise that seems more authentic to others. So, uh, right now, we're in our RV. We're camping right now as I'm joining p- for this podcast. And and my husband recently replaced the flooring in our bedroom in the RV, okay? And as we were packing things yesterday, I walked in expecting to walk on the old growth carpet that used to be in there. And now there's this beautiful hardwood. And I'm, well, it's not really hardwood because it's in a trailer, but it looks like hardwood. But it's beautiful. <laughs> like laminate stuff anyway and so and I and I put my foot down and all of a sudden I was just filled with gratitude for him Mm. and I just looked at him and I'm like honey I just planned on stepping on carpet and I stepped on this gorgeous gorgeous wood floor and I'm like this is you you did this (laughs) like you are amazing you know and and I could tell that meant something to him because it was like right in the minute I was appreciating it. It wasn't yeah. like, you're awesome. Good job. But then I never really show appreciation when I walk on it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's the same thing for, it's like, you know, somebody could say, Oh yeah, my wife, you know, she's a great cook, but it's different than when they're in the minute and they take a bite and they're like, like, Oh my goodness. Wow. You just made this up. You really are so good in the kitchen I mean that is just so different right yeah um so I don't I think you have to tell yourself to do it which kind of goes to one of the things that I think is so important for marriage which is you have got to focus on self-governing you changing you you know and not changing them and so in a marriage, you have to be thinking, what do they need? Okay, I've got to instruct myself to give them what they need. And, and every relationship needs some praise, whether you write it down, say it, 
whether you just give them a look and give them a special kind of hug that they just know means, wow, I'm so grateful for you, mm-hmm. you know, or whether you serve them a lot. I mean, I think the other thing you can realize is what your love languages are. Yeah. And you probably should figure that out if you don't already know. And, and then you say, okay, well, so when I have, I show my love in this way, but he shows his love in this way. When he is doing that, then I know he's appreciating me and he's showing love, right? And so you also can read each other that way too. But I would just instruct each other to praise. I really would. Um, and to get those words out. And the more that you do that, which is, which is another key point I would make, which is lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more one person praises the other, the more the other person will start thinking in terms of praise. And if they don't get it down by the time the children come, when you start praising the children or someone starts praising the children and they don't, then, you know, I mean, that's a, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't even know where Joseph's at with that, but I think it's a great <laughs> general question. You know, yeah. you lead by example. If you want someone to develop a certain characteristic, you develop that characteristic. That's what mm-hmm. you should do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And really and quick so, follow-up question is yeah. how do you not degrade yourself and value what the other person sees in you? Cause I know I had an experience the other night with Joseph where he said, how did I even get so lucky? as to find you. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he starts telling me all these things that he sees in me and all these things that he values about me. And for, I would say probably more than half of them, my mind just said, nah, that's, I don't have that. You know, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like whatever, Love that's not blind. true. <laughs> Love is blind. <laughs> I know. And so, but like, how, how do you, maintain that and really show the other person that you value your choice or you value their choice in choosing you. Believe them. Believe them. Mm -hmm. They say, this is what you have. Believe them. Because if he says you are this and you're like, well, I'm not perfect at that. I mean, you have high standards for yourself, Paige, so you're not going to call yourself perfect at something very no. easily, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, but maybe he's comparing you to himself or maybe he's comparing you to other girls he's known or maybe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, or other people he sees and he's like, no, you have this. Then believe him. Because here's the thing. If you don't believe him, then he's a liar. And then he's, is he, is he a liar? No. Is he fooled? No. He is madly in love and he appreciates all the good he sees. Mm. So you need to be that then. You need to think of yourself as, okay, that is, that is what I am to him. That doesn't mean I think I'm done. I'm still working on it. Yeah. But definitely recognizes that's a priority to me. I think there's a difference between a priority and a purpose and already arrived, you know, mm-hmm. and none of us have already arrived. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. You know, so I think, yeah, you don't degrade yourself. There's no merit in it. When a person says, I love you, you are the 
the sun, the moon, and the stars to me, you don't say, oh, I'm really not that good. Because then that means that you've just talked bad about their love. Mm. You've talked bad about what they think. Yeah. So you don't have to have false modesty. You can just look right at them and say, thank you. Those are things I'm working on. Those are things that are important to me. Mm, I love that. You know, and you can just say thank you and just believe him. But you know the line that you don't want to cross into getting a big head about yourself, right? I mean. Right, 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 right. And and probably that's what you're being conscious of is you Mm -hmm. don't want to get a big head about yourself. Yeah. So anyway, that's a super good question, though. I think that lots of times people don't handle positive criticism well. Yeah. And that's positive criticism, that type of praise that he was giving to you. What a dear heart. Love is blind. And I'm sure all of the things that you see in him that you think are perfect and golden and everything else he's going, Oh, I mean, not really, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, because we all know our own flaws. We all know what we're still working on, but when someone recognizes your value and they, and they see you as above where other people might be in a certain area and they think it's good and it's worthwhile, and it's even worthy of a comment, then, wow, then just go with that. Because Mm -hmm. that means they're recognizing your work. You may not have arrived yet, but they see your motivation and your effort and your heart, and that's the thing. So, anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, and really, that's kind of like a loyalty when when somebody tells you something they appreciate about you. It's loyal. When you're loyal to them, you honor their judgment. You say, you know, they have good judgment. They must be telling me something I haven't even recognized about myself. Mm. And I'm going to be loyal to them and I'm going to honor that judgment and and I'm going to continue to work on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be good. All right, so Perfect. let's, I'm going to read my list of things really fast here that I prepared. So, and some of them we've hit on. So yeah, this is yeah. almost like a sum- summary, I guess. Um, <laughs> number one, focus on changing yourself, not on changing them. So self-govern you first. Yeah. Self-govern you, self-govern you. Um, they'll change when you end up leading by example, which is another one. Okay. So number two, lead by example. Number three, value what they have to offer. We've talked a lot about that. Um, Number four, look for the good in the person and praise. It's so easy to look for the bad. Look for the good and praise it. And if you're not a praiser, we already talked about that. Just tell yourself (laughs) to be like, you got to change. Yeah. Okay. Um, Number five, build strong relationships we talked about that have fun date communicate openly with each other number six meet together intentionally there's your meeting Mm -hmm. have meetings in fact just 
start a little bit before the wedding. Start having regular couples meetings to plan things. You're going to have to plan wedding. You guys are going to talk every day around the clock anyway, but make sure that after that little honeymoon, you say, okay, when are we going to have couples meetings? Well, let's plan that out. Let's put it in the schedule, you know? Mm -hmm. Number seven, plan how you'll solve conflicts. We talked about that, how you need to intentionally plan ahead of time, Mm -hmm. how you're going to do that. Um, Number eight, don't talk bad about each other to your friends in public. We talked about that. Uh, Number nine, serve each other with willing hearts. I think we also touched on that. Mm-hmm. And number 10, focus on their potential. So I think this was a sum up. We, we, we covered like every <laughs> one of these points I wanted to bring up. So um, that's really great. And there are probably others that we could talk about. There is oh, yeah. uh, really no greater relationship than that marriage relationship, I have to say. Um, joining together, becoming one, creating uh, a posterity a family based on this union of completely giving of yourself to the other people, the other person serving with that much love, that much intention. I mean, there's just nothing more exciting and you might not believe me once you have that first baby, but this is pretty big, you know? (laughs) And so it's pretty awesome. Well, those are, that's about all we have time for today. Yeah. Oh, we could go into uh, so much more though. We could. We absolutely could. Paige, I'm just so glad you had such a big announcement today <laughs> and that we could talk about this. Yeah. Because I feel like this topic is vital for everyone, no matter the age, no matter if they're looking to get married or if they've already been married for well forever, which is like me and your dad. And um, and I got to say, there is this, I mean, having that relationship with him is a rock and a foundation for everything else that I do. I couldn't do the teaching self-government work. I couldn't do all of the things I do for other people if I didn't have him right there with me in everything. In fact, that's probably if I added a point 11. And I, th- and I think I already told Joseph this actually, but that no mission that a person has, no no purpose that they have for themselves is ever just for them once they're married. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's never for you anyway. It should always be about other people. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not a mission. It's just a self-serving thing. But um, if you have something you feel like you're supposed to do for the world, if you're married, you both are in it. It's a both-person mission. Mm-hmm. It's not just one person. And and then, you know, really the children get to be part of it too, which our whole family has noticed. So. Anyway, you guys are embarking upon great times. So thank you everyone for joining us today for the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. You can find so much more information even on improving your husband and wife relationships on teachingselfgovernment.com in our implementation course. We have a whole section of the course dedicated to the husband and wife relationship. Uh, It is vital for all those other relationships. We will see you again next time on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.